When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. And this episode is a special episode. Why is it special, Ariel? If you would shut up and let me talk. <laughs> Jesus. Every episode is a special episode to me. <laughs> we are going to go over season one. Whoa! do. And what a season that was. I don't know. I, I feel like it could have been better. I feel like Travis really didn't pull the weight. I <laughs> fucked a bunch of stuff. I'm sorry. I Thanks. <laughs> Having a rough couple days, anyhow. <laughs> really appreciate that. I mean, Daniel really, <clears throat> really stepped up to the plate on that last episode. <laughs> Let's go around Just and introduce ourselves and our characters for season one. Multiple. Let's say all your characters. <laughs> right. Well, I'm Aaron. I played Trevor Montgomery and Kyle Draper. My name is Mark. I played, uh, I can't remember their names. Marcellus. Marcellus. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. And uh, James. Clarkson. Clarkson. Well, I'm Travis. I played Walter Lynch, and I'm not doing the accent. Because I really fucked myself over by trying to do a New England <laughs> accent, and I listened to the episodes and realized how terrible it sounds. So that's okay. We're Walter, not professional actors. Walter Lynch. There you go. We're not professional actors. <laughs> um, Daniel and I only played Fred Lyons. <laughs> oh, well, gee. Well, and partially Father Hathaway, but well, no. yeah. Uh, Daniel count. was the only one that made it the whole way. The whole season. Let's talk about that for a second. Holy shit. I really thought Daniel was going to be the first one to go. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> it's always the ones you Ta-da. don't expect. Like he, he never got his hands dirty and I was like, something's going to come out of the darkness and fuck him up. Fred well, is going to die. You know, according to the dice, the dice really liked Fred. Apparently. Because <laughs> yep. I always rolled to see who got attacked. I never picked anybody. It was dice rolls and they sure loved Fred. Yeah. Didn't I only fire a weapon like three times? Yeah. The entire thing? Yeah. And it wasn't even your own. It was mine. Exactly. And I still <laughs> it have was it. a derringer. And one of those times you just shot at, didn't you shoot at a random person or ran, shoot it in the street or something? I don't remember. I, I can't remember. The first time I had it unloaded for the longest time, like after I fired it, I just would wield that when we were out there. By the museum. Oh yeah. That's what it was. You, you pulled it out. You didn't shoot it. Yeah. And you told me to put it away. So <laughs> I have a few questions for everyone. Mm-hmm. Let's start with what was your favorite part of the entire season? Hmm. I'm going to need a minute to think. Well, I'll go first. My favorite part was the twins. That was. Yeah. 
I really liked the twins and the creep factor they gave. Yeah, originally they weren't meant to be creepy. When I originally thought up of the twins, they were supposed to just be twins. And I thought as I was going, what a great idea it would be for them to talk in unison. <laughs> to wear the same exact clothes just to be creepy. Yeah. I got shining vibe. I don't know about uh -huh. anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, total shining. Yeah. Well, I didn't show up till episode 17, so I never got to interact with the twins. That's but a I shame. was I was listen I listened to every episode up until I joined and it was creepy listening to the episodes in my in my truck during the day and I hear that come through the speakers and I'm like, ah! <laughs> God damn. <laughs> yeah, the twins were I hmm. <laughs> they were they were creepy and they were annoying for me as a player at the same time. So funny story <laughs> about the twins. In real life, I went to a softball game and I saw two twin girls with yellow dresses and blonde hair at the <laughs> softball game. But they were much younger. They had to have been two or three years old, but you that saw freaked them. me out. That you freaked saw me them out. And no one else did. <laughs> Michelle did. Michelle it, saw Michelle them. did, yeah. But she thought them into existence. That's exactly uh, how it happened. That was terrifying. They were so cute and terrifying and see and that was after i created them so <laughs> seeing them in real life probably put a whole spin yeah. on things i wanted to take a picture of them but i knew how creepy that yeah is you'd be in jail right of, now exactly your kids but, are creepy that's why i'm taking pictures whew. i just realized something also i joined call of cthulhu mythos mysteries on episode 17 i joined fumbling four and the almighty crit on episode 17 that's awesome and unintentional. So, yeah. I'm going to check and see if there's a 17 on my lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go next? Um, my favorite moment was when I was playing James and I had to shoot the thing that was attached to Walter. <laughs> and I fired and deafened him for quite some time yeah. because this big like one inch sized gun was just going off right next to his face. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the show. You're deaf. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go next and I'm going to say, I've got two. One is a listener and one is part of the cast. One as a listener are the goddamn scarecrows mm. that, that, you know, that whole setting, everything. It was great. It was it was classic horror movie set up with the scarecrows and the farm and and everything. Um, but I will say as a player, as part of the cast, um, the look on everyone's faces when I went into the church and undid my shirt and carved my chest and was summoning <laughs> summoning an elder one to to work with. I absolutely loved that because that threw everything off the and, fucking yeah, rails. Yeah, and I loved it. I love when things get thrown off like that. I was not expecting that. That I'm, was awesome. I'm pretty good at doing that in a lot of things in life. And the Scarecrows actually got um, inspiration from that old horror movie, The Scarecrows Walk at Midnight. That is an episode of Goosebumps. Is it? There was yes. another uh -huh. one. 
Yeah, because that is goosebumps. Now, mm-hmm. then it wasn't Scarecrow's Walk at Midnight. There's it an was... old... Uh, okay, let me un, un, unfold my brain knowledge of movies. There was an old TV movie from the early 80s called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Maybe that's what I watched. I remember watching it with my dad, and it was in a farm. Yeah. Yep. It was probably Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah, because they actually okay. have some spinoffs of that one, I think it is. I think they've got, well, sequels. I think they yeah. have sequels of the that specific so. movie. Well, I got inspiration from that because I remember sitting on the couch and watching it with my dad and getting terrified. <laughs> Scarecrows are scary. That's part of their name. <laughs> um, I would have to say I've got two favorite moments as well. Uh, my number one favorite moment was when uh, James fucking screwed everybody over by accepting the deal. <laughs> My jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, I fucking knew I didn't like this character. Oh, you love him. So, uh, listeners, if James didn't take the deal, his name would have appeared on that silk paper. From if Walter I, Hill? If yes. I wouldn't All have right. taken the deal... Walter would not have lived. Yeah. Because I was standing my my thought was if James wasn't gonna take the deal, he was gonna level the rifle on Walter and just plug him right there and be like, sorry, lad. Like just <laughs> blam with both barrels. That would have been another great twist. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been uh, either way would have been a perfect twist, yes. I think. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that was one of my number one favorite moment. My second favorite moment for the entire podcast, I think, was when Kyle actually got introduced as a playing character and he got shot at by James coming down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> because With the big ass rifle. It was just a perfect comical moment. Put that damn gun down. <laughs> It's like it's 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 the typical comedy movie scene, you know. Everybody's spooked out, and then they're like, "Oh, boom!" Yeah, that was in the witch house, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. What do you got, Daniel? So mine is in the witch house as well. It was gonna be that one, (laughs) (laughs) but close second is when the little girl goes screamed at you. <laughs> screamed at Kyle, and I emptied the barrels. Yeah, I did nothing to her. Yeah. That one was hilarious. Again, another perfect. I think the witch house was just a perfect comedy moment. And we weren't even supposed to be there. No, no, none <laughs> of that was. Bit. None of that was part of the plan. But that's I, when it's always the best things happen when it's not part of the plan. I have a question for Ariel. What? How many times did we off rail you? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. But I don't. As the keeper, I guess. I just put a timeline of events of things that are going to happen. I don't make a concrete, you have to do this and you have to do this. I just make a timeline of things. So that gives you freedom of whatever you want. And yes, you guys take it. And yeah. So I guess I say all the time, really, I give you that freedom. However, I don't anticipate anything you guys do. Yeah. Because it's so off the rails that you throw me off every single time. Well, it's it's nice to have someone leading a game who is open-minded and not, mm-hmm. no, no, you can't do that. That's not going to fit into this. No, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to kind of shift the plot line. So you, so you can't summon Dagon. I'm going to shift the plot line. So you don't get killed. You know, it's nice to be able to have that freedom as a, as a player. Mm-hmm. it's also nice to feel the consequences of your yep. actions 
because as much as we don't want to lose our characters, and that's something I want to get into too, was the consequences of Trevor's actions. Okay. So when we started this all off, Trevor was supposed to be this, this quote unquote gangsta who was literally just using laundered and you know dirty money and turning it into clean money for the city to help it flourish. Well, as time went on and, you know, Marcellus got offed by a werewolf and just shit rolled downhill. He was done with the whole thing. He was just ready to run away. And when I told that to you, I was like, I feel like this character at this point would just be done with everything. Like try to run and hide. You didn't railroad me into playing the same character. You were like, if that's what he would do, then go for it. Like you allowed us to play our characters. That's what I love about. GM or GMing, keeping whatever you want to say is giving you guys the freedom to do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. If you would do this in this setting, then do it. Yeah. Like there's going to be good and bad consequences to any decision you make, but you would still be the one making that decision, I not s- me. Yeah. And speaking on Trevor, I like the fact that you allowed these two to off him. Yeah. <laughs> that was I mean, nice. If that's what they would do, then that's what they would do. Yeah. Yeah, I I just provide the story going on in the background. That's it. It was it, I will say it was it was a nice touch to be able to let Trevor go because I as a player felt like there was no more exploration I could do with him. I mm-hmm. felt like he had out not so much outlived his time as a playable character as much as it had been he had he had taken on the amount of stress that he physically could. After the girls got kidnapped and after he was being blamed for everything and just all of that, I felt like he took on the stress. The stress he took on was just too much anymore. And playing him anymore wouldn't do the game justice. So letting him get sent off. And then these guys going, well, we had unfinished business with him. I didn't even know him. <laughs> I mean, I knew him from living in Arkham. Yeah. But that was it. I was just kind of. Yeah. You summon bad things. They tell you to do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question I was just gonna say you know because Lloyd also just vanished because of Trevor <laughs> yeah we never <laughs> got into Lloyd we, either I never got to do Lloyd as much as I wanted to to be honest <laughs> I, because I, there was no opportunities uh, I, I feel like nobody missed Lloyd because he was such a background person anyway <laughs> he really was that like you know people Plus, I can see, like, some people, like, looking and saying, like, who's that guy I think he's kidding? Like, trying to pass himself off as two different kind of people. Trying to Superman it here. <laughs> yeah. Well, hadn't you said initially you had planned on playing him as Lloyd with Trevor as, like, just kind of like a mysterious uh, character? That's exactly what I wanted to do, but I never really got the chance to go back in to change as Lloyd. And I just ended up having to play Trevor the whole time because I wanted to play Lloyd as this goofy, like, oh, my God, everything terrifies me kind of character and just having Trevor as the background. (laughs) And it went a total opposite direction. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, so the next question, what did you hate about the season? And the one thing I hated was my dice rolls for Marcellus. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I hated that. I, I rolled max damage oh. on him, killing him. Yeah. Honestly, like that was that something I did hate is losing Marcellus because 
I wanted to explore him a lot more because you'd have seen his like his war torn personality a lot more. You know how like the the farther we went into fighting these special things, the more like not psychotic but just broken he seemed. Because, you know, of course, to cope with, like, stressful situations, like when he shot that innocent dude, meaning to just, you know, shoot his leg and stop him, you know, instead, you know, he accidentally killed him. Like, he started singing and rocking the kid, the dude in his arms to try to, uh, you know, escape from that reality to something different. And his drug usage with the, the morphine was going to get heavier and heavier and it was going to become harder and harder to find him in a sober state. Instead, he was just going to be in a hotel room or a back alley somewhere with a needle hanging out of his arm and just him just like in a lull state, like, like completely passed out and drooling on himself. And then he got that werewolf rehab. And then he got the werewolf rehab. (laughs) I did want to see more of Marcellus, and I hated the fact that of all the times to roll that great, it had to have been right there. I do appreciate his death. The one thing I guess I hate about him dying is nobody listened to him when he said, run! (laughs) Both times he told people to run. Instead, they stick around. And almost shoot him or just gets killed by a werewolf. <laughs> well, you did get shot that yeah. one time by Millie. When I told them to run, I can handle it. And they <laughs> stick around and shoot me with a pistol instead. <laughs> I have to say the part that I hated the most was uh, the fact that I couldn't roll for shit as Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I'll save the guy you shot. <laughs> nope. I made it worse. Don't worry. I can move this bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fred. Fred of all characters. <laughs> oh, my God. I could not roll for shit. And the minute I became Kyle, I was like, oh, everything's great. You could you could roll yeah. again. I was like, how? <laughs> Tough mafia guy can't move bookshelf. <laughs> Tough mafia guy can't push desk. Mm, no, <laughs> couldn't Scr- even push the desk. Scr- scrawny doctor does all the work. <laughs> I literally started to feel like Trevor was literally there just to throw money at things. Yeah, that was <laughs> like couldn't shoot for shit. Couldn't move things. Couldn't Ugh. I couldn't search anything. I couldn't offer any medical like it was awful. <laughs> Well, you did do a medical, like a first aid check, I believe, in the first couple of episodes. Yeah, and that's when he killed a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. In the uh, front yard. Yeah, in the alleyway. Yep. 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 You see, that's where I'd like to point out, like, I I had a very good first aid. I could have helped the guy, but Trevor is- Don't worry, one. I've got it. I'm Trevor Montgomery. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor is the one that fa- completely failed the check and killed him. I could have handled the situation. Let me just stuff this bullet hole full of hundred dollar bills. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't this working? (laughs) Let me buy you a new automobile. Does that, does that repair your kidney? (laughs) Oh, what about you, Daniel? What'd you hate? Probably as character wise. I don't know about me, but. Fred's probably disliked the children the most. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I was always asking, where's the knock at? 
on the door. Do you know how badly, as a keeper, I wanted to just send children to your door? <laughs> well, Trick not, or treat! But it's not his fear. He just dislikes them. Yeah, but just to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I can see Fred opening the door, like seeing it's a child, just like shut it again without <laughs> saying a word. <laughs> And then I looked at my sheet and I realized another favorite part of mine I forgot about was when I threw you off when the priest spoke in Latin. And I was like, yes. I have Latin. <laughs> yes, you weren't supposed to figure out what she was saying, but it is as it is. So I feel like that um, Lyons was the savant of the group. Like when everybody else had failed, he's like, I got this. I got this. And he literally did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. What are they saying? Now, that campaign. Oh, I speak Latin. <laughs> yeah, I got that it. campaign was supposed to be a lot longer. A lot more was supposed to happen in that. And then here comes Fred like, oh, I speak Latin. <laughs> well, I can move the shelf. Well, damn. Damn. Fred comes to save the day. That's the why. most unlikely of heroes. That's why he lived the longest. Yeah. Well, speaking of your, was that your phobia? Your dislike for children? No, no. That was just something I added. Uh, what was what was your phobia? The fear of the full moon. Fear of the full moon. That's why I, when see, we as were outside, listen, like being- as a listener, before I came on the show, I assumed you had some inclination about werewolves. That's why I thought you were just always checking the lunar cycle. Werewolves, werewolves. They're like, oh, doc, he knows what's up with werewolves. No, we determined it was like an incident with one of my parents or both my parents back then that like something happened to them on a full moon. So that was why I I feared the full moon. Really? Well, okay. this leads me into my next question, actually. Um, what are your manias and phobias? Oh, so what? as a keeper, I threw this rule in. It's not really a rule in Cthulhu. Until you lose so much sanity and everything to gain a mania and phobia. As my own little rule on it, I had you start out with one of each. It was random. Mm -hmm. It was all a roll. Random, yeah. So how about we go around saying what your manias and phobias were? No, because I don't remember what Trevor's were. Just do Kyle's then. (laughs) Well, Trevor's dead. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Trevor was dead. (laughs) Um, Kyle's phobia... Was being alone. He does not like being alone ever. So that means being alone in the dark. Alone, period. Oh. He doesn't like being alone. Like, as long as he could see somebody, he was fine. Hmm. For the longest time when I played him prior to the podcast, he actually had a dog for a companion. So he was never alone. His mania was he had an insane love for animals. Which also came into the dog that he has. Yeah. And that that, that awesome truck. He <laughs> loved that truck. <laughs> Betsy. Betsy. <laughs> Betsy, which, you know, on fumblingforstore.com, you can buy a Betsy <laughs> truck shirt. You can. Yeah, I made that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that website in every chance I get right now. But yeah, no, his his mania was definitely an insane love for animals. I really wish I could remember what Trevor's uh, phobias and manias were. Mark. Um, well, Marcellus had the fear of crossing streets. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. My bad. That was another character I'd made long, long ago. Um, his um, fear was machinery, large machinery. Um, so, like, I equated it to trains and, like, larger vehicles. Uh, his mania was the um, where he would basically go into a episode and start like basically coming up with his own reality to cope with such uh, stressful situations. So like, you know, when he shot the dude and started singing and rocking and just ignoring everything around him, he was in his own little world and ignoring everything bad going on. Um, are you serious about the news? That? Oh, weirdo. Um, <laughs> James, his fear and mania, uh, his fear was he hated cockroaches. Absolutely feared cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the places we explored, we never ran into one. Nope. And his mania was he had to write everything down. That's why if you open up his steamer trunks, seven having like clothes and supply, like his steamer trunks are just full of like journals or he's written everything down from day to day, you know, minute to minute, hour to hour. He wrote everything down furiously. So he had like a, basically his trunks contained his entire life story at that point, up to that point. <laughs> Dear journal, today I polished my shoes. <laughs> Dear journal. I threw money at my problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new Trevor Montgomery. <laughs> Um, my phobia, mechanophobia. I didn't like anything mechanical, cars, trucks. So I made everybody walk everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that did play a big part in Walter's story. Yeah, we gotta walk. I can't. Okay, no, I'll get. In, I'll get in the back of that truck. I'm not getting in the back of that truck. No, let's walk. <laughs> How far is it across town? Okay, well, I'll have a nice long walk. I'll meet you jerks there. <laughs> My mania was an extreme fondness for animals, which I never encountered an animal in no. the season. No. Oh, no, I was feeding ducks. You were, yeah. I was feeding ducks. Uh, that was it. What about you, lions? So we know my fear was of the full moon. But I assumed up until now that it was a fear of children. It's just a dislike. Well, I assumed it was a so it's a, fear a, a, of a children. light fear of children, then I guess. <laughs> Say nobody likes kids, even in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mania, which was really seen in the asylum, was I had certain words that I had to repeat or I had the urge to say. Yeah. Which the urge that the words were likely monster nightmare sound and harmful because the first inmate or uh, first, what do you call patient that I was interviewing when we had questions? I used all of those within the first few sentences. Oh, with that inmate. Yeah, you, did. you did that a lot too. Yeah. Like throughout the whole series. Cause and I knew, cause I remembered your mania with all that. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. So I did end up finding uh, Trevor's phobias and manias. His phobia was a fear of demons or spirits. And his mania was doodling. <laughs> <laughs> doodling. Which I actually did. Uh, that's Every diddling. time I was in. <laughs> <laughs> diddling, not doodling. Uh, yeah, I did uh, doodle 
the whole time when I was in the offices in the beginning of this series. I have a bunch of doodles in my uh, folder that I doodled as Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) So what would you guys like to see moving forward into season two Pulp Cthulhu? Oh, we're just going to throw it out there. We're doing Pulp Cthulhu season two. Yes. Season two is Pulp Cthulhu. What's something you'd like to see in season two? Another bag of candy. (laughs) (laughs) Travis is digging through candy bag right now. All I eat is candy. Coffee. (laughs) Thank you. Um, You guys answer the question. I got candy right here. Um, I really don't know. I guess I could go. Even though I'm in control of what really happens in season two, I want to see more action. Action would be nice, but I want to see scary things. A lot more scary things. I want to see a lot more horror, and I want to see more phobias come into play. See, I was thinking action, but um, as well as like maybe a little more travel, like going from Arkham to other places, possibly. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's I can see that idea. too. Indiana Jones esque style, but more horror based. Yeah, as- yeah, because what I planned. Regardless, Cthulhu is very much investigation based, and I still plan on keeping that investigative part of Cthulhu. But with Pulp, I do plan on throwing more at you. So there will be more horror, more Eldridge, more of all of that. And I could see throwing in more traveling as well. That'd be great. I'm actually going to pitch this question to the listeners, too. Hit us up on Discord or even on the Twitter. Travis, you're you're going to be a listener for season two, aren't you? Unfortunately, I'm eating candy right now. Oh. Yeah, Travis. Um, is, Travis is departing us for season well, two. It depends on my life and its schedule. That's true. Um, Ooh. Ooh. We can possibly have. I'll be around when I can, and uh, as long as Ariel's cool with it, I Maybe am you know, always cool with it. It'd be great to have you get a uh, guest yeah. star. Mm-hmm. See if we can figure out a way for me to do some more recording from home. Mm-hmm. Uh. I definitely can. I will try and carve up, carve out some scheduling. Mm-hmm. So that would be great. Would yeah, be I would love that. And fingers crossed, Michelle, who played Millie Oakley mm-hmm. in the beginning of the season, should be coming back for season two. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So I don't want to make the promises and something end up happening again, but hopefully she will be returning. Yeah, that would be it would be great to have all of us as cast Travis, you know, having Travis come back, having her at the same time, you know, just expanding the cast would be fantastic, I think, for season two. Mm-hmm. And the HP Lovecraft, the Cthulhu mythos, all of that has been a, big, a fairly big part of my life for 20 years, 20 plus years. The game is just naturally part of that. And so like being able to take part in this, in the game, um, being part of, and feeling like you're part of that world is it's a huge thing for me. And so I really enjoyed being part of this first season. And I, I am hoping that I can do stuff mm-hmm. being a couple of episodes 
here and there, move things, you know, move things along, fight some spooky monsters, <laughs> things like that. For the for the fumbling forecast fans, Travis is not leaving the crew. We because of some schedule conflicts, he's just going to be appearing on other series now and not this one. Yeah. So he'll still be a part of the cast and crew. He's just life gets busy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if I could, I would be on every show. Uh, yeah. And that would be awesome. I would be on every show. That's why we need to win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We need stupid amounts of money so we can just do this full time. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys, if somebody wants to pay to have us do this professionally, I promise I won't do another New England accent. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Daniel? I kind of agree with Mark. An action and adventure travel. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Because I now have a potential idea for my season two character. Well, you see, I already have my season two character like planned. Should and we? that's why travel would be great. Because he'd be the perfect person to go to for traveling. Should we talk about our season two characters a little bit? If you want to drop some hints on your season two characters, you can. Um, I will. I'll just. Um, I'm a travel agent. <laughs> no, actually, he uh, he is a test pilot, a former world-renowned test pilot. There, he's traveled Europe and uh, companies in the United States testing planes back in the teens and twenties, and has since fallen out of favor because a few test flights didn't go the way that they expected and they kind of blamed him for it. So he's now stuck um, in Arkham because the plane he was working on just kind of petered out and failed. And now he's stuck with nowhere to go. What about you, Daniel? I'll let you go first. (laughs) (laughs) So this season... I am going to take a page out of Ampersand's book from the Fumbling Four yeah. Almighty Crit podcast. It's going to be illegible. Illegible. And you just scream the whole time. <laughs> uh, I am playing a character with split personality disorder. Nice. I'm going to play multiple personalities in one. And uh, I'll just say one of them's a pyromaniac and another one is a world class detective. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see what his class actually is. I have, I'm going to have six personalities and they're all going to be randomized. I'm going to use a D6 to randomize which one's going to come up. Jeez. <laughs> one personality keeps hiring the detective personality to figure out who keeps lighting all the fires. <laughs> While the other personality is lighting all the fires. Yeah. <laughs> He's his own worst and <laughs> best friend. I don't think Ariel's discussed with me whether or not we're going to have phobias and manias for each personality. I think you should. Yeah, I really want to, to. Just to cripple it even farther. I really want to. And if if he does this, if you're allowing it, you as the person leading the game should randomly tell him when he has to switch. You don't let him figure out his triggers just throughout a session. Roll a die. Roll a d6. Figure out, okay, three. Just tell him. Tell him a personality that he has to switch to. That's (laughs) awesome. So I don't have anything set in stone, but with as soon as we started doing the talks and we were talking to Pulp, I was like, you know what? I think I know what I want to play. So I'm thinking more adventurous type, like Indiana Jones type. 
kind of thing. Because since Spread was wasn't much action oriented, like he stayed back, he could fire a gun, but he didn't have any skill in it. So I'm like, maybe this guy will know how to fire a weapon this time. Bang! All I can think of is the scene where Indiana Jones just shoots the it's guy with the a sword. Gun. You say Fred had no skill with a gun, but he killed the big bad. It's true. He did kill yeah. the big well, final which was, shot, which was pure luck because my firearms is only. <laughs> if everybody wants to know, Fred's firearms is only a twenty-one percent. So. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Gotta love the fall of the dice. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is the perfect ending to the perfect first season. <laughs> uh. All right. So to wrap it up a little bit, season two will be starting soon. Pulp Cthulhu, like we've said. Whoa. In the meantime, what we're going to do is we are going to go through the campaign book Horror on the Orient Express, volumes one and two. So that will be coming up after this talk. I am so excited. <laughs> I am excited too. And it takes place in 1923. So two years after the events of everything that happened. And you guys are playing your old characters, correct? Mm -hmm. So Fred, James, and Kyle, and possibly sometimes... Walter, or if you want to make a new character. You just put me on speakerphone and put the phone in the middle of the table and I'll scream real loud and you can hear me. Yeah. Will Walter Walter can come back, but I won't be talking in the same voice. I will not be doing that. Yeah, and this is not canon to the storyline. So anything that happens is in the Orient Express stays in the Orient Express. So It's a, it's a little palate cleanser, right? Yeah, just something fun to do in between seasons. And mm -hmm. I really, really wanted to run this campaign. So we're going to. So you have a ridiculous amount of campaign books. And I have excellent. a ton of campaign yep. books that I want to go through. So I think this is going to be a normal thing. In between seasons, I will run through a campaign book just for fun. I like you. I like you. Uh, I like you. Thank you. <laughs> so like I said... A week after this comes out will be the first episode of Horror on the Orient Express. You can't see it right now, but I'm throwing my hands in the air like I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I just wanted to thank you guys for letting me be part of this first season. Um, I hope I didn't screw too much up because playing this, I'm like, they need they need another villain. I need to be another villain. No, honestly, I thought it was absolutely perfect. It really yeah. was. Same. I love getting thrown off guard like that. I absolutely love it. I am sad to see Travis not be able to do Cthulhu as much anymore. Yeah. And I really hope that we can work something out where we can keep him forever. Like <laughs> Cthulhu. Um, if we get enough Patreons. <laughs> just saying. I uh, I am happy that he's not leaving us entirely, though, because I, I feel like each cast member of our team really brings something different to the table. Um, I really feel like, you know, I'm not going to get too in depth in it, but each person brings their own little piece to the table, which makes it the fumbling for. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I, I can feel that warm hug in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is you guys do eight podcasts. Mm -hmm. Two of them I would be no good at. The Resident Evil lore cast mm -hmm. and the D&D &D lore cast. 
the rest I listen to and want to desperately be part of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it's not, I don't, I, time. Uh, yeah. Time. Time. Time is our worst. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is very, very time consuming doing eight shows. It you just is. do eight shows a week. Well, <clears throat> now one of them's bi weekly. Yeah, yeah, we do eight SCPs shows. Yes, yeah. or bi-weekly. It's seven shows a week, and then every other week it's the, the eighth show. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work, but I'm happy. I personally am happy to do it because being able to talk to the fans and seeing the fans' reactions and hearing about all the stories that we tell and share with them, it's it's exciting to get to talk to people in the same basically with the same interests and it's even more exciting to be the one they're talking about. Oh yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's incredibly, it's incredibly humbling experience being a part of so many shows and so many people's daily lives. And it's even more humbling to know that you're the reason that you put a smile on somebody's face. That Oh yeah, it is incredibly awesome. I I do have a, a quick question. Uh, that is related to Cthulhu. Um, what is something your character you wish your characters could have done? Given Not sucked as Trevor. One, one more, <laughs> one more day or something. Like given one more day in that in the game. I wish Kyle could have shot both of you in the back of the face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the not the head, the, the back of the face. I want to reach through your skull and shoot you in the face. <laughs> um, and I would say with Trevor, I really wish. He hadn't basically hadn't had had so much put on him at once and could have lasted just a bit longer. I don't really feel like he had much more to offer past that, but it would have been it would have been cool to play Lloyd one more time. (laughs) (laughs) What about Fred? What is something Fred wish he could have done? I think he wanted to, well, of course he wanted more knowledge about everything as he was trying to do throughout the the campaign. And then I think he wanted to get the connection on everything that he had the suspect (laughs) wall, like to connect all the points, (laughs) you know, find, find that connection point between everything. Yeah. Cause some of it did and some of it didn't. That was my thing. I wish I could have seen Fred complete his suspect wall. Oh my god, that'd have been fantastic. Well, he's still alive, yeah. so now, oh, now a boss is on there yeah. <laughs> well, in the park. I can only imagine like what's going to happen in the future, uh, like further down the road. And we're doing a campaign. We're going to just wander into this abandoned apartment, <laughs> and it's going to be his completed suspect wall. But it's going to be on every wall. <laughs> it's every be, wall. It stretches yeah. out like so far. Yeah. You see, since Fred survived, I legitimately have plans for him in the future. Yeah. Nice. It's not going to be pulp, but it will be in future seasons. Awesome. I have plans for Fred. What about uh, what about Mr. Walter? Lynch? Uh, Walter, he Walter was was born and raised in Innsmouth, and he had some some kind of idea of what was going on just below the surface. Yeah, if you know anything about Ensmith, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, he left Ensmith to go to Arkham to get more knowledge about that. He left his family and his wife behind. Um, his wife wasn't returning his letters because she walked into the ocean and became a deep one with other members of the town of Ensmith. 
Um, when Walter summoned, he was just trying to find something greater than him to follow. And it happened to be Dagon because of the pocket watch he was carrying. Um, while Walter Lynch's true intentions were to cause as much pain and chaos as he could for that entity so he could walk into the ocean and become a deep one and be back with his family. And if that meant killing every player character you guys came up with and burning the town down, doing all of it, he was going to do it. So let me get straight. His wife and kids both wandered in and became deep ones. That's look into look into the shadow. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying his kids did too. So his show it's, he knows he knows that his wife wa- has walked into the ocean and, and became part of that, and he's assuming his kids are too. Oh, uh, okay. Wouldn't it be so. such a twist if his kids didn't? <laughs> <They're just> <laughs> <laughs> left at home, like, yeah. what are we going to do? Where's mommy? Yeah. All right. So, as a player to you, what, what would you have liked to seen more of from us as players like were there plot points were there things you wanted to wanted us to get to and we just because of how we are inclined to throw everything off the rails and oh this door only opens and goes to the left so i busted the window and went to the right <laughs> that's how we that's are a good question what would i have liked to see while you uh, think I'm of that uh, one candy. one thing <laughs> the one thing that um James wanted to do desperately is because he picked up on the fact that Kyle knew magic and what he was planning on doing was shooting and killing Evelyn and Kyle and taking the mansion and tearing it board by board and until he would have found nothing until he found what he was looking for. And if it was nothing, he was going to find anything and everything related to anything they possibly could have bought or gone to and torn everything apart piece by piece. Well, unfortunately, one, you wouldn't have found anything in the mansion. You would have found absolutely nothing because we had a secret hideout. Two, unfortunately, you wouldn't have been able to kill Evelyn. She mm. is protected. So you wouldn't have She's gotten She's protected her by keeper magic. Hmm. <laughs> no, that's not it. If you kill one of my characters, you kill one of my characters. You know, I value freedom. But Evelyn is protected by something. So... Yeah, unfortunately, I tried to push her down the stairs and it didn't work. No, wow. Kidding. No, Jesus. unfortunately, she is protected. So, yeah. but other than that, no, I can give it to you because, well, we're done with this. So, mm-hmm. we had a vault that had within a bunker underground. So, all of the spells, any uh, magical items, mm-hmm. artifacts, anything we found is in that vault. So, nothing in the mansion would have led you to it. So unfortunately, you wouldn't have found it. Yeah, because we never bought it. It was given to us. So there's no paper trail. Yeah, and mm. everything went into that Then vault. unfortunately, season two of um, Cthulhu would have been difficult because he would have burned the town completely <laughs> yeah. down looking for that stash. Yeah. It, it's and not Walter, even in would, the have, town Walter would have helped him do it yeah, just because. Like, he would have... <laughs> Like the money, using the money he had, he was going to just 
by building by building and torch it and Damn. until he leveled the entire place looking Jeez. for that. Yeah, and it's not in town either. Because so. when he like when when I say that James wanted magic, not like subtle, he was willing to kill anybody to get it. And so for the listeners at home, the reason we bring up Kyle and Evelyn in the vault and everything, those things happened before this, when we played ourselves, before yeah, we started air. the podcast. Aaron got that, lucky so. with having a supercharged character from the beginning <laughs> of Kyle's creation. He actually dumbed him down significantly. What I would have liked to seen would be more character growth, actually. There wasn't too much. James kind of stayed... James throughout everything. Kyle stayed Kyle. Well, Kyle's knowledge of magic popped up a little bit too late for James to tear into it too much. Because if like three or four episodes before that, if he would have uh, Kyle would have lent on the fact that he knew magic, Kyle would have possibly been dead a lot sooner. Because even before he accepted the Dagon thing, before Kyle suspected too much of anything, it would have been like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, call him over and say, hey, I found something in this journal. And the second he knocks on the door, just blasting him through the door, like basically just killing him in cold blood <laughs> and blaming someone else for it. Yeah, <clears throat> Trevor did Vicious. it. <laughs> because if I mean, he had the command spell, so he could have commanded somebody to do it. He could have commanded like one of his servants to pull the trigger and kill him and be like, I don't know what my my you servant only had just command scarecrow. What? That was the command scarecrow spell. It was command like creature. Yeah, it was command. It was just a command. It was. He used oh, I thought scarecrow. it was command yeah. scarecrow because that's no. what I got on the paper. Because when I because I got directly what she wrote down, mm. it's just command entity, and all they have to do is fail their saves, and boom. So I was just going to command one of my servants to like pull the tr trigger as a second he walked through the door, and it's going to be like, I didn't do it. Like my servant did it. Like what the hell? So one last thing in season two, I'm going to pull away from spells a little bit. But I'm going to introduce what I really didn't in season one was the magical artifacts. Mm. I didn't throw much in there at all, if any. I think the one I did with the jellyfish protecting it, <clears throat> the crystal. So in season two, you'll see more magical artifacts. What was the crystal? The crystallizer of dreams. Mm -hmm. It allowed people to go into other people's dreams and, you know. It allowed you to be Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that would be cool. It's prime time, actually. bitch. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you'll also see more of that into season two. So I think it's time to wrap it up. I've had a great season. I'm so glad I was able to be the keeper I love Cthulhu. I've always loved Cthulhu. I am so happy I was able to put it in a podcast. Oh, yeah. Have all you guys on there share my stories and your stories to everyone listening. I think we owe the biggest thanks to the listeners. 
We do. A huge thank you to everyone mm-hmm. that's listened. Yeah. Listened, supported us, continued to spread the word about our podcasts. Spread it some more. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic that you take the time out of your day to listen to us and get excited about it. Because yeah, we're definitely excited to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think I speak for all of us here when I say thanks, everybody, for listening. Indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. all right so i'm going to wrap it up here thank you all for listening and tune in next week for the start of horror on the orient express tittles is a butthole (laughs) goodbye (laughs) hey everybody this is your mythos master ariel we hope you enjoyed the show if you did please leave a review and share it with a friend You can come chat with us on our Discord or check out our Twitter. Links are in the show notes below. Next episode airs next Saturday. Keep your percentiles low and your sanity high. What up tonight, City? You're listening to N54 Radio. This is DJ Sparks bringing you a new hit show from Night City, Cyberpunk, a cyberpunk red live play podcast. Listen as a ragtag group slamming on the corpos. Survive the streets and try to keep from being flatlined. You can tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. DJ Sparks out! Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie. This is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Altaris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Yeah, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.